Hey there, I'm Ashley and I'm a proud mama of two beautiful kiddos, a wife, a health and wellness coach, and a middle and high school shop teacher. Hi, I'm Roberta, mama, wife, educator. I'm an entrepreneur and homeschool mom navigating the work, family, social life balance. Together, we will discuss various topics near and dear to our hearts for teachers and mamas, like routines, health, habits, self-care, and so, so much more. Living a healthy lifestyle is for everyone from young children to adults. Health, wellness, and emotional and social well-being starts at home and should be expanded upon in the classroom. Everyone can benefit from the Teacher Mamas podcast. So if you're ready to learn some helpful tips, let's do this thing. Hey, hey, listeners. Uh, We are very excited. Today we are interviewing Jen and Kim. We found them on Instagram. Uh, They are with the Twisted Teachers podcast, and they do a whole bunch of episodes geared towards um, a lot of it lately, I think, has been towards um, teachers leaving the profession and how um, toxic some environments can be. So we kind of talk about that today. We talk about self-care, how that word can get distorted in some people's minds as to um, what it actually means and what it can be actually like kind of self-destroying instead of taking care of yourself. So We also talk about boundaries and joy and how that can play a part in your job decisions and your choices and just come take a listen. It'll be great. All right. Why don't we start with uh, both of you telling us who you are, a bit about your teaching journey, and then how you came together to create your podcast, Twisted Teachers. Okay. Uh, Kim's, why don't... Well, I guess I'll start because I'm like the odd duck out, right? Um, I started, I always wanted to be a teacher. Like I grew up, if you asked seven-year-old Jennifer what she wanted to be, a teacher, always and forever. Um, Wouldn't consider any other options Um, in college. Like my dad, I mean, basically begged me to please consider getting, um, a business degree as well, minor in it, do anything. And I was like, nope, I'm going to be a teacher. Um, Fast forward, I like, I mean, I did everything right by the book. I had my first teaching job at 21. Um, When I came out of college, it was really hard to get a teaching job. They were frozen. So I started in special education because there were openings there. Spent two years doing that. And then I transitioned to a classroom teacher and never looked back for 27 years until I did. Um, I kind of got bogged down by all of the, I don't know, the perception of teachers, media's perception of teachers, um, everything being added to our plate more and more and more. And through our podcast, we got to talk to all of these educators who had left education and I'm like, hmm, why not me? So I left education this past April and am no longer technically a teacher. So that's kind of a weird feeling. I feel like I still self-identify as a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, I still get angry on behalf of teachers. I mean, it's, it's very bizarre. And Kim and I, we worked together at two different schools. A very long time ago when our kids were new, new, ki- new people on the planet. Yeah. Yes. Um, they're 20, almost 20. Well, they're 20 now. We've, we've passed that next month. Next month. Yeah. I don't even know how old my kid is. Um, (laughs) yeah, we, and, and my journey was that I was in the fitness industry and a personal trainer. Um, so this is my second career and, um, I started the school and I met Jen, I was a, an EBD para and I come out of working at a gym to an EBD para and nobody told me what that looked like, what EBD even was. I didn't even know what an IEP was. And they were just like, oh, you'll get it. I remember the meeting. I remember sitting there. I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I was just managing a gym. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and then I got my degree in, in education and my master's. And I taught, we taught third grade together. Um, I had the, um, I, I guess you would say special ed and EIP kids. And Jen had the gifted in the high yeah. achieving kids and we were in this classroom right next to each other. 
Um, and Jen was my mentor. She, she was very, you know, very honest, very tactless and tactful when needed and helped me because it was such a different world. Um, then Jen um, decided to go to another school and then she, I, I don't know how you got my resume. I'm still trying to figure that out, but she sent my resume to the principal of the school she was going to. And so I didn't we even both know. lived like 45 minutes, 45 minutes was a good drive to an hour and a half away from the school yeah. that we were teaching at because we both originally lived closer and then moved yeah. further out in the same direction. So it made sense to go to different schools. <laughs> I just get this phone together. call and I was like, okay. But then we, we taught there again, third grade and, um, uh, and then Jen had to leave. And so um, then I, I moved around a couple of times where I, am, where I am now. I came to this school, so in this district where I am now, which I don't talk about on, on the podcast, so I don't say my school or district or anything. Um, and I've done instructional coaching. Um, I've done early intervention, gifted, lots of PL. Uh, that's why you see we can make fun of PL because we have we're in it led we a lot of it. PL. Yes. <laughs> And now I'm an instructional coach at a high school. So I'm not quite ready to leave. I'm just trying to really figure out what that looks like in the high school. I had an administrator tell me that um, I've been in the high school as a coach longer than anybody else in the county. I said, I didn't think about that because the coaches where I am, um, their, their goal is to become administrators. And I'm not, I don't want to be an administrator. So that's why I've kept the job. I, they've kept my allotment. Um, <clears throat> So we train all these coaches and then they go to be administrators. And that's a really big muddled, messy mix message for teachers. So that's why in, uh, we talked about, the I took two TikToks down because um, they did very well, but people were misunderstanding my intent with the TikTok about instructional coaches. The coaches got it, but people thought I was, I was insulting people. Uh, and I was making a joke because nobody knew what I did when I got there. They thought I was coaching a, a, a sport. Um, and the coaches got it. They're like, oh, my gosh, this happens to me all the time. But um, and then everybody was bashing coaches on there. There's like 50,000 views and everyone's like, I hate my coach. They suck. They're horrible. They, and I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, that's not what my point was. So I just took it all down. Um, but, yeah, I think that percept, I think coaches have a bad rap, but they've also probably earned it. <laughs> in certain, <laughs> in some certain areas. Right. Yeah. Um, How about you all? Oh, um, you want to go, Ashley? Sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> I had a great shop teacher in high school who pushed me into, I, I didn't know until like 12th grade that, Hey, this is actually what I want to do. That's kind of cool. I didn't even know I could do that. Um, so then I, I didn't even think I was going to college cause we were very poor. So I was like, I can't afford college. Well, then to come to find out like, Oh, Hey, you can get, you know, grants and all that kind of stuff. So ended up going to um, uh, one of the only schools in the state that licensed teachers in shop and um, went there for four years, came out. Um, and then my husband and I decided that we wanted a little adventure. So we went to Alaska for two years and taught up there in a bush. Wow, village. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Fly in, fly out. Wow. Um, only 700 people in the entire village and we could only drive to one other village that was about 15 minutes away from us. Otherwise, if we wanted to go anywhere else, we had to fly. So no vehicles up there. We had one vehicle that we all shared with the school and we would use that to go back and forth to the other village because they had a little bit better grocery wow. store than we did. <laughs> That's so amazing. That, that is. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely an adventure. We'd consider doing it again closer to retirement age because you can make bank after, you know, if you retire up there. It's, I mean, the, the two years that we were up there, I think we had more in retirement up there than we do right now in the however many years we've been teaching down here. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Wow. So, did that. Um, and then I, I decided we, we couldn't handle it mentally anymore. I couldn't handle it mentally anymore. <laughs> um, I had an administrator that for lack of better meant um, I could not be around anymore. And there was a lot of like emotional abuse basically happening. 
And, um, so I was like, I, if you, if you want me to be me anymore, we need to leave. Um, so wow. That had to be pretty bad. It was very bad. (laughs) Um, I was, I was an aide up there. I was not teaching at that time, but I actually got paid more being an aide up there than I think I am being a teacher down here. Wow. Um, (laughs) Why do you think that is though? Uh, they can't get teachers or anybody up there basically because it's so remote and desolate. So they have lots of money to throw around um, because of all the oil mining and mining, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I like a whale miner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a job. That's, that's a niche that nobody has. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was definitely an adventure. Um, our, one of our friends actually is just leaving now. So she's been up there for 12 years. She's been like in the same district, but she's gone to a couple different schools in the district. Um, so it is for some people and it is not for others. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then we, we left and I was like, you know what? I really want to be, I really want my own classroom. So I, I, you know, applied for basically any job in Minnesota um, and ended up one year where we were. Um, my administrator there also was horrendous. I was like getting basically bullied by her. Um, but my teachers and my kids were awesome. But, uh, again, like the emotional stress of being in that situation was like way too much. So, um, they actually cut my position to part-time and I was like, Oh, hallelujah. This is a sign. I'm not working here anymore. (laughs) So then I bartended and waitressed for a couple of years. Um, and then I went to where my husband is at now. I worked there for two years out of position and now I am in a school that is actually functioning. We have (laughs) good administration, which I didn't even think was a thing because I've had so many bad administrators in my life and it's been really good now, finally. So I guess I would say if you are in a school where you're like, is this ever going to get better? Is there actually administration out there that knows what they're doing? There is. You just may have to go out searching for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. One of the people, um, I think was Kelly, um, she had a good first experience in a school. And I think her later experiences were not so good. And so I think it's probably, I mean, unfortunately, it's probably better to have a crappy experience but, but, and then find something <laughs> good. Then find the good. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Because there's people who will complain about just the silliest things at school. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) You want to hear what happened to me? (laughs) And then they're kind of like, oh, you're right. It's not that bad. (laughs) Yeah, they don't. I don't think there's a perspective with with a lot of some of the stories we've heard. We're just like, oh, my gosh. Wow. That's that's just unheard of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's see. I'm Roberta and I, um, well, I met Ashley during her two years working out of her license area. Um, and I was teaching title one, uh, at the time and leading the problem solving team, um, for the elementary school for both behavior and academics. And it's kind of that step before referral to special ed. Um, And those were probably my favorite years teaching, but uh, I got into teaching by kind of happenstance. I, both of my grandparents were educators. um, And I just, I remember in second grade, you know, when you're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? I remember writing a little thing that I wanted to be a teacher. And then people started telling me, well, but teachers don't make any money and kind of all the negative things. And so then my little stubborn mind went, never mind, I will be anything but a teacher. Um, fast forward to uh, high school graduation, I had still no idea what I wanted to do in life. So I decided to take a year off, find a job or a few jobs and just kind of try different things and see what felt right. And I ended up landing a classroom paraprofessional job um, in a, uh, in two first grade classrooms. And they, the teachers there just saw how good I was with the kids and really encouraged me 
to be a teacher. And um, so that's what I ended up doing. I ended up going back to school uh, then and earning my degree in education and special education and then and then taught and um, so through all that yeah I've been a title one teacher I've been a para I've been a reading tutor um, wow. classroom teacher uh, the last two years I was a kindergarten teacher and then um, these most recent two years I was homeschooling my daughter um, who <laughs> hated it and uh, this last month of May, she actually, we put her back in, in school. And so she's back in school. Now it's summer vacation, but she'll go back to second grade in a brick and mortar school and I'll figure out what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping to figure out what I'm doing with mine at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't have much. I mean, I have to really figure that out soon because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been You're a minute geriatric <laughs> yeah but i wanted i just you know i don't know what i want to do next well i do want yeah. to know but no one's going to pay me to write novels in italy or france or greece so you never know i you know that's the thing it's like you know jen has inspired a lot of people actually to do that and um, and we always say, you know, it's better to leave when you're not completely pissed off and hating the world of education. Right. And she, yeah. you know, Jen wasn't at that point. And I know a lot of people who were still getting like notices, like this person resigned, this person resigned, people you would never think to leave. Well, you guys, we are so excited uh, to tell you about our new course. We are looking for five people who want to fall back in love with teaching and start living their life again all within seven weeks. So we want to know, is this you? Are you dreading school starting back up again in August? Because you know it's going to be the same old, same old that it's been the last three years. Are you starting to resent teaching because of all the extra hours you had to put in due, due to the pandemic? Are you tired of swapping your hours from home for hours in the classroom because of all the demands that you're being asked of this year and the previous years? Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself running low on patience in the classroom and at home because you're drained and you don't have much left to give? There is no time to take care of yourself because of everything being asked of you in the classroom and it's really starting to consume your life. Are your relationships in and outside of the classroom struggling because you don't even have a good relationship with yourself anymore? Are you exhausted because your idea of self-care is binging on chocolate bars and Netflix instead of actually taking care of yourself with things like proper nutrition, movement, rest, positive mindset, reflection, joy, and all the other self-care things that we need so much. Do you find that your window of tolerance is super narrow and you find yourself far more reactive to situations and comments than you care to admit? So if any of these things are making you nod your head right now, or you're just wondering exactly what the course entails and you think maybe it would be a good fit for you, we need to chat. Mm -hmm. We're opening up our calendars and offering some free connection calls to people who are seriously interested in falling back in love with teaching and, and their lives outside of teaching. So we have a very limited number of calls that we're doing. So make sure that you DM us right away if you want to get in on our one-on-one -on -one call list. Mm -hmm. Our mission for 2022 is to help as many teachers that are nearing burnout as we can. But for this first round of our course, we're only taking five people. And if you are ready to get more info or hop straight into a connection call with us to see what this course is all about, send us a DM on Instagram or Facebook to get the ball rolling. Yeah, and don't wait because this discounted price will not be around for long and our cart closes on july 1st so our podcast has taken us to to really get to know a huge population of people and to, to be able to tell their stories i had this started i just called you know, jen and i hadn't spoken for a while um this was a, over a year ago now 
and I have told the story and I wanted to do a podcast at my school where I was, it was called teacher to teacher. And I just wanted to find out everybody's stories. Um, we were part of a personalized learning cohort that did empathy interviews across the school, basically getting kind of a finger on the pulse of what, what's happening. So basically you get a group of teachers and you ask open-ended questions. And so you get so many of these interviews and then you, you go through and you get qualitative data, meaning, okay, so this is a common theme. People don't feel like admin is, is present or the teachers had a, overlying theme of why they became teachers, what was their most, you know, um, powerful experience in school, either negative or positive. So that really inspired me to continue these empathy type interviews and just get some, you know, just get to know our staff and for them to get to know each other. So we did a podcast that did really well. And the person I was working with, I had no idea about editing. I mean, I, I jumped in wanting to do this podcast. I had no clue. Now I, the things I've learned in the past year about <laughs> editing, holy smoke. Um, but the, I was relying on this other person who didn't have the same vision as I did. Um, he wanted everything very, very positive. And not that it was all negative, but people, a lot of teachers are teachers because they had really crappy teaching, ex I mean, learning experiences as kids, mm -hmm. or they had good ones. And so he didn't want anything negative. Um, you know, he wanted to sugarcoat everything. And I, I really wanted the truth. So there's like three episodes out there he has that I really wanted to, we even um, interviewed the social worker at the school who was a dear friend of mine. She's very honest about things. Um, and I just got people's like teaching origin stories. Why are you a teacher? What was that experience that affected you? How do you change your instruction based on how you, so that, that was, I, I know our podcast, we didn't want it to be, here's how you do things because that's kind of annoying. Like we don't know everything. We just know what has, or has it worked for us. Um, so, and it's just kind of evolved and, and with Jen kind of being out of, uh, traditional education, cause I think you're still in, that's who you are in so many ways. We're moving into some more, um, lifestyle topics and things like that. So Jen told her adoption story, um, working on, um, some things with parenting and step parenting. Um, and then we're going to, you know, another thing too, we were, we might talk about taking care of your parents when you're older because that's not fun at all. It's like, home, it's like homeschooling for the elderly, basically. Um, yeah. But that's kind of how we're evolving. We don't, you know, we're looking at just moving into different directions, but still having a, a some, somewhat of a focus on, on teaching and education, but not the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So that's so we're kind of focusing on like um, with ours self care. Um, soul care is another word we've been kind of, well, me, I don't know that I've discussed that with Roberta yet, but, and it was interesting. <laughs> I love when I have surprise. <laughs> after, um, after you and I talked, Kim, um, it was, it was interesting because I, I started thinking about it in a different way and how you and I were talking about self-care and how important it is. And I think we understand the importance of it. But then you had brought up an interesting topic of how that self-care is such a buzzword for so many teachers. Mm -hmm. And um, I agree with you. And I think that um, we don't know how to take care of ourselves a lot of the time because we see so many people in our lives and like teachers a lot of teachers included, just like doing everything for everybody all the time. Um, or they just have this picture that self-care is only taking a bubble bath every once right. in a while or um, getting their nails done or just something like once in a while that is kind of quite honestly surface level and not truly what we think of as self-care. I think of self-care as um, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Um, oh, definitely. I remember, was it Jen, you were you would come home from work or something and you're sitting in your car watching TikTok videos before you went into your house. And I'm like, that in itself is just taking an extra few minutes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because your next part your next day starts when you get home, you right. know, and it's just like, Oh gosh, I just put all my heart and energy into this classroom. Now I'm home and I got to do homework with the kids. Or I, I just remember coming home to when my, I have a 28 year old and she was taking French and I had begged her, please take Spanish. I can help you, you know, and then we had to get a tutor for French. And I, I remember sitting, just dreading going into the house, knowing that we were going to have this battle about 
middle school French or whatever, whatever grade she was in. Um, I just remember those and then having to get my little one ready in the bedroom routine for my daughter, Violet was, it just went on forever. Like it, it was like, we'd start at six and <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, and why it took so long for her to get to bed. I just, I just remember those things. And now kind of as an empty nester, it's so nice. <laughs> it's just so nice. Um, and so then when my stepdaughter comes on, I, I kind of get back into that. I have to be doing something all the time. There's a snack every two hours. There's, you know what I'm saying? Like there's all these things. And so this summer I've, I've stepped back to, to really just mentally sit and maybe not be, maybe say no to a couple of things or, um, and we talk a lot about toxic positivity. This, this that topic we brought up at least three times on our episodes mm-hmm. um, about um, how it kind of contraindicates the self-care when, when your administrator says, oh, pandemic wasn't so bad. It's okay. It's not here anymore. Or please take a day off, but yet you need to get a doctor's note. Like take a right. mental day, you know, and I'm like, how, how can I take a mental health day and I'm like, yeah, get a doctor's note for that. Right. I'll get my therapist to write a note. She would do it in a heartbeat. Cause I think that's what needs to start happening is people yeah. get therapists to oh. write in Kim needed a day off or else she would, would never come back to work. You know I mean? We just, I think that's where we have to go with it. If they want one, get, go get one or get some free therapy for some of our teachers. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah. One thing my school has done this year is, and I haven't, I haven't looked into it really, but they've been, um, communicating all year that we have access as teachers to a therapist at school now. And oh, that's my good. understanding, it's completely free. So yeah. So just, and I think, I think we can even go like on our prep and before and after school and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, this is, um, that's great. They're not asking for like a mandatory donation to health health and wellness at the school and then paying the therapist kind of like they do with you go you see know. the therapist you can wear jeans yeah. <laughs> the jeans passes <laughs> i'm a um, shop teacher so i get to wear jeans all the time <laughs> that's good is it, and didn't you tell me your husband was also a shop teacher which i yeah. thought was very interesting okay yep. <laughs> that's do good you, though that's do you good... lesson plan together um no no <laughs> no we have I actually teach, he only teaches woodshop and like, he does like an outdoor class and some other random things, whatever the kids are interested at that point in time. And then I have a welding class and a woods class. And now this year I'm doing like a advanced manufacturing class, which I have to write curriculum for this summer. Whoa. So, Yeah. You guys could live out in the wilderness and just build everything if you had to. I mean, to. we kind of do. We're, we got like 80 chicks this year. We moved our garden. We're like, we're, yeah, we're doing all the things and we're feeling crazy for it. So <laughs> that's very cool though. Yeah. It, it'll be nice. Um, this weekend we have a wedding so we can kind of like decompress, but yeah, since school's gotten out, it's just been like, go, 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 go. <laughs> but yeah, so I am definitely like this week for sure. I'm like, okay, mentally I need to take a break. I need to take a break. <laughs> like I think I laid down with the kids yesterday and took a little nap. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, um, I am like interested because you are an instructional coach. So you hear all these things that teachers are telling you. Mm-hmm. And, um, do you think, t- so like taking taking administration out of it and taking all these like weird, bizarre circumstances out of it. Um, do you think that if people moved away from like, Oh, self-care is just buying donuts and having a treat once in a while (laughs) and moved more towards, okay, I just had a really rough class. I need to take two minutes to myself. Um, or I need to like, you know, wake up a little bit earlier and maybe get a workout in, or maybe on the weekends, I need to start meal planning instead of just grabbing any old disgusting snack that I can find in my cupboard because I'm hungry and then I get a sugar spike. And then I, you know, do you think I need to learn boundaries, right? Boundaries. Oh, well, that's a, that's the dirty B word right there. Boundaries, (laughs) especially for teachers, right? Um, yeah, and I think a lot of the teachers I know are also dealing with 
some things at home, taking care of their parents or they've, their kids are ill or there's just a lot going on. And I think that we miss the um, dimensions of who we are because we just see that one teacher dimension that we have to serve everybody. Right. Um, but if you, if you took those out, I don't think we'd have the problems <laughs> if we took admin out or, you know, but I, I think there's a very good admin. I've been very lucky to have very good admin and Jen and I have shared some very good administrators. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the idea of self-care is, like I said, we've talked about it being a buzzword, but it is taking that minute. Like there are so many times this year I've just checked in on teachers and they're just, I need to like, do you need a minute? Do you need me sitting here? Yes. Or I've had teachers call me down to the room because of a behavior because they didn't want to deal with admin. Um, and for me, that's really what the coach is there for. It's for, I'm, I'm there, you know, for instructional and resources and I can do that in my sleep. But when I go into a room with a teacher who's in the middle of a divorce and doesn't know how to get through the day, those are the kinds of things that are overlooked. Those, those traumatic pieces of a life where, you know, and I've, I've had to tell admin, like, you don't know there's another side to this person's life that you don't know about yet. You've judged her in all these places. So I think it takes everyone to come in with a different lens. Now you've got some a-hole teachers and, and there's nothing you can do with those people. I don't think they're, I think they're the exception. Um, I've, I, I think some of those teachers are, are looking like that because they're burnt out and because they're, they're, and the thing is, is if a teacher, here's what happens. If a teacher says, no, I'm done, I'm eight to four, then they get reprimanded for that because they didn't call that parent back right away. So the messages are mixed. Like if I say, these are my boundaries, like you said, Roberta, and I'm going to come in at eight, I'm going to be, um, the papers may not be graded. My grades may not be in on time. This, this, and this might happen. Then, then there's backlash for that. So when a teacher does take a stand and says, I'm not doing this. Right. I'm going to work my contract hours or yeah. I've seen, that doesn't go over very well. So, I mean, I always say you get your stuff done. I mean, don't just not do your work. Right. But you don't have to do all this extra stuff that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, what you're saying made me think of my student teaching experience. I was a new mom at the time uh, with a daughter with a heart condition oh. and scared first mom. Not in a, I had no support system. Um, really where we were living and I had to I had talked to my professors and everything and they knew like yeah it's fine just tell your you know cooperating teacher that you'll have a couple appointments that you'll have to go to and um, this woman just belittled me for going to my daughter's um, cardiologist appointments for leaving student teaching that was my job that should be the only thing I did um, she judged me for going out to my van during lunch to pump because it, I should have been in the teacher's lounge learning what the teacher's lounge was like. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was awful and, and a horrible first experience as well. It wasn't a first experience, but in, in the, in the classroom, it was, it was not enjoyable. I ended up getting pulled out from my, um, school and sent to a different classroom different school what was the reason for that what did they what did they say to you like my the the teacher that I worked with why I mean why what did they tell you why were you pulled out like or were you pulled out because you were pulled yeah I talked to I talked to them and talked about how things were going and and it got more intense like um she would say things like any good teacher would know this or um okay Mm -hmm. some fun some fun things and she would, you know, kind of tell me that I needed to let my husband be the parent and I focus all of my time on her classroom. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And not yeah. worry about my daughter possibly needing heart surgery. That's not your concern. Student teaching is your concern. So I uh, went and talked to my advisors wow. and ended up getting switched. That but, sounds exactly and- like, like the two experiences that I had. <laughs> Well, I mean, not the same story, obviously, but like this bullying yeah. that happens from people that are, you know, above you that have been there longer or whatever because of their own belief system and that kind of stuff. So yeah, oh, 
like yeah, and this idea that out. teaching comes first. Yeah, you got out, and I got out, and <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I think too that um, some of that's that's just horrible. Those, that is just my thoughts uh, to that. As a 53-year-old, I'd say a whole lot of different things than as a 33-year-old or 23-year-old. I mean, at this mm-hmm. point, it's like, yeah, that's not okay. I, but I mean, with some of the people we've interviewed, when you're younger, you don't want to lose your job. You don't know if there's going to be another job. And we've heard that from people who, who um, this is like years ago, 10 whatever years ago. And, um, and teachers don't feel like there's another a way out or they don't have another identity or teacher comes first. Right. But yeah. as you move through this, you realize that, you are so much more than the teacher. And as elementary school teachers, I think we get so much tied up. And I had a a bigger realization when I went to high school. I think that persona is very different from, I've never done middle school, so I can only speak to elementary and high, that my vision of what teaching was is a lot different than what I feel like it is now. And I was just wrapped up in my classroom. I was wrapped up in every activity, every project, everything that had to be differentiated, color-coded, you know, I had to assess everything. I had to do individual contact with parents. I mean, I, if I didn't do that every day, I would drive home thinking, who did I not affect change? Like, you know what? No, you don't get to all the kids every day. And that's really okay. And that hit home when I went to a ninth and 11th grade resource classroom with boys who hates, hate school and hate, can't read literature. Yeah. Hate literature and are, are having reading issues. So I think that kind of woke me up as to you know, this is not everything, you know, teaching isn't everything. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's something I'm working on is the identity piece for so long. It's like, I'm, I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher. And then when I left, yes, I'm still, I'm still tutoring. I have my own um, tutoring business, but that's, it's different. And just kind of working through, okay, teaching isn't my identity. Mm. And figure, you know, and kind of trying to figure out how to separate that from me as a person and not just automatically switching to, well, my identity is being a mom. That's my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's a caregiver thing or, you know, teachers have more of, more of a struggle with, with that. But Jen, what would you say, like, how, how have you navigated kind of that identity it's so weird. Um, like, I think before, if you asked me, like, introduce yourself, I think the first thing I would have said is I'm a teacher. Um, I That was my the biggest chunk of my identity. I mean, obviously a mother, you know, a wife, all of that too, but like being a teacher. But I find that, like, I think, certain people are, I mean, so already at work, like if I understand how to do something, I'm like, here, just, I'll show you hop on a zoom and I'll show you. Let me, you know, like mm-hmm. people come to me all the time. Cause, because I naturally want to let me, let me help. Let me educate you. So yeah. I feel like it's hard when I felt like I lost a huge chunk of my identity, but at the same time, I was a little bit giddy about losing that piece of my identity because teaching is so all encompassing for mm-hmm. everything. So I would say like, I would always consider myself to be an educator. Like I'm always going to want to educate in some way because I naturally will just do it. Um, Mm. But it's kind of freeing as well to not identify as an educator, as a teacher blatantly anymore. So kind of swift, switch the narrative a little bit. It was, I ran into an interesting situation yesterday and we have these visions for our lives, I guess, and especially when I became a parent, I had this idea of how things would go and um, my kids would be in the same school as me and I'd know their teachers and, and all of these things. Well, yesterday I brought my three-year-old to the early childhood screener and we're getting checked in and, and I just, something kept not sitting right with me and I couldn't figure out what it was until I was driving home. And I realized I was talked to 
as if I was any other parent in the world who knew nothing, mm-hmm. who had no understanding of how the education system works, no understanding of what a child needs. And I have an early childhood background. And I sat there thinking, that's part of me wanted to go and introduce myself and say, hey, I'm a teacher. Yeah. I understand this stuff. You don't have to talk down to me. And, and it was such a weird thing to think like when my daughter had her early childhood screener, I knew the people doing it mm-hmm. and they, and it was a totally different experience. And, and I was able to talk openly with them about my concerns with her attention. And we looked at that and whatever, and everything was, was good. And, and with, with my son, there were just a lot of like talking down to me and are you sure you're following through with his vision problems? And I'm like, He's got his eye patch on. I just told you to see the eye doctor every three months. Like, I feel like I needed to validate myself by saying, hey, I'm a teacher too. I know what I'm doing. Or or I'm a parent who is attentive to my child, you know? Yeah, I'm educated. I'm, yeah. And it was just this weird situation. Have you ever had, like, in your classroom, a parent who was like, uh, who does that? Who says, like, well, I was a teacher. And a lot of times when they're like, I was a teacher for, you know, a hot minute for like two days, not really. Okay. Like I was a teacher for a couple of years, 10 to 12 years ago. Like, and it's weird as the teacher, that's a little bit annoying as the parent you want to be like, but I know what I'm talking about. So I totally get it. I don't have an answer to that. I just. I know crazy. that I've had parents before who are like, I was, I was a teacher. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's, there's layers to that. Cause what does that even mean? I mean, okay. I've had a, you know, I've even had a, a, a person who's not a teacher. He, uh, a parent who was an engineer yelling at me because I didn't give his kid all the points on the math test. And I'm like, okay, you're, you're just, in so many ways you're saying you're smarter than me because you're a software engineer, but I'm a fourth grade math teacher that you can't, there's there's no similarities when you get your degree in early childhood education let's come back and have this conversation um so yeah i mean i think the other thing you said something robert about identifying as a mom but when your kids are no longer in your house which is a long time for you guys like and jen is on the precipice of that happening in a couple of years yeah you identifying as a mom <laughs> is not there anymore like my 28 year old and 20 year old daughters are, are living together for the summer with um, my other daughter's fiance. And I feel so out of the loop. Like, I always want to know what's happening. What are you doing? Let's FaceTime. And it's like, they're like, Oh, Hey, how you do? You know, it, and, and so I don't identify as a mom anymore. So now it's like, am I just a step parent? Am I just in limbo? I don't identify as a teacher anymore. And so it's just like, that's the piece for, you know, I joked about oh, what do I want to do when I grow up? I don't know. I, you know, I think we should have our own, you know, understand what our strengths and weaknesses are and, and not throw ourselves into to these labels, but it's so hard not to. You are the sum of all of your parts. Thank you, Jen. That makes me feel so much better now. I, feel, I know. I'm so fulfilled by that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we live on sarcasm. I'm sorry. If <laughs> but you are. I mean, I know I said it sarcastically, but... <laughs> You're not not a mom just because your kids are grown up now. But, but everything I, I do mean, isn't geared to what their right. needs are or what, you know what I'm it saying? It is like, definitely different. Yeah. But I think that happens. I mean, like this sounds so trivial compared to it, but like, so my son plays lacrosse and that's like a huge part of our like life because he plays travel lacrosse. Um, but like one of his teammates, like just decided he didn't want to play anymore. And all the other moms were like, oh my God. I wonder how what's her name is doing because like that's been her life is this whole travel lacrosse and her kid just decided he didn't want to do it, which totally makes sense. And, you know, they should have that ability and right. But mm-hmm. it was, it's, she was, she identified as a yep. lacrosse mom. mom. Yeah. I mean, it's silly, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Jen, th- she's actually working. <laughs> so. Did you have a few more minutes and then you, you yeah. need to sign Yeah, I have, I have about five. Really? I can stay if you need me to, but, you know, I, I just want to well, let everybody know. We'll just, we just typically end with, like, a final, like, three kind of quick questions. So maybe we can just do that oh, and we yeah. can each answer and, okay. and move on. Okay. So the first one we do is, uh, what are you grateful for in this season of your life? I'm grateful for our podcast right now. 
Yeah, I would say I love that. I am grateful that my son can now drive himself Mm -hmm. to a lot of places. High five on that. Yeah. Kidding. What book are you reading or what podcast are you listening to right now that you are really enjoying? I just finished a book, but I'm, I read a lot. Like I read a book a day. I'm kind of crazy like that. So not like nonfiction. I could not read nonfiction in a day, but I just finished the book. I found you by Lisa Jewell. It's just a novel. Uh, And it was, um, it was, I liked it a lot. I, so I found you by Lisa Jewell. Um, I am reading Untamed, Glennon mm-hmm. Doyle. Um, I hear, I listen to audiobooks so like Jen. I mean, I don't sit in physically, but that's the physical book I'm reading. And then I'm, I listen to a lot of psychological thrillers. And as far as podcasts, I'm true crime, total junkie. So morbid crime junkie. Um, I've got a lot of podcasts I follow who are just like tiny little podcasts with like a hundred followers and I support them. So, um, and they're not little, they're just new. I didn't mean like they're not popular or whatever, but they're getting started. <laughs> um, so yeah. And my husband is always like, are you just listening to, po-? I said, no, I'm, I do podcasts and I listen to podcasts because we like to hear, mm-hmm. you know, right. what right. other folks are doing. Um, what is a daily routine or something that you do to take care of your mental, physical, emotional, or spiritual self that you're really proud of? Hmm. I guess I would say like, I take time out of my day to always like I I love to read it's enjoying enjoyable so I take time to make sure that I have that I have time to do what I want to like that I'll read if I want to read or Mm -hmm. even if that means staying up a little bit past other people's bedtimes in the house or not that anybody in the house has a bedtime anymore but you know just when it's quiet I'll spend some time just reading exercise it's always been my go-to it's a non-negotiable like we have a we have a rental house which I've always I've been saying is sucking the soul out of me um but the first thing we did is I we have a loft area and I said the first thing I need to know is that I have my gym and so I have all the weights and the tvs up there so it is when I knew that that was there that I could go to it then my anxiety and I have very bad anxiety. We talked about that too. So severe anxiety disorder. So I knew I had that because I had a, a space for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my thing. I, I, I work out almost every day. And so um, if not, then I'll get on the bike or I'm trying to learn how to ride a bike, which is still not going very well, by the way. <laughs> we just bought my stepdaughter a bike and my husband was like, so let's go bike riding today. I said, well, let's just wait till what P wants to do. Let's ask her. He said, I would like for the family to go bike riding. So um, I have my CBD gummies. I might be carrying that in a backpack on my, my back. Is today the bike riding day? Yeah, I was hoping he'd take her swimming again. So, then I, <laughs> or that it would storm or something. <laughs> no, I, I just, it's been a minute and her bike is way cuter. Than, here's, here's, the, here's the truth of it. Her bike is way cuter than mine. It's pink and blue. And so when she leaves, I'm taking that bike and I'm going to use that bike. So I know it's not horrible. I'm like, I can't, not that I'm waiting for her to leave. I just want to, I just want her bike. So awesome. <laughs> no, I'm, I suck at it. It's so bad. Like I white knuckle. It is, I, yeah, I'm starting a series on things that look easier than they are. I started it yesterday. So, <laughs> well, I think I remember seeing one of your TikToks on that or your whatever. The bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was creeping on you. Oh, that's funny. yeah. Funny. Yeah. It, it, uh, um, and then you see kids whizzing by like yeah. <laughs> one hand, you know, they're doing the tricks and they're spinning on the, the seat and stuff like that. So, well, we all have to yeah. start somewhere. Maybe so David. you'll be spinning on the seat before you know it. You know, right. I told, David drove, he rode on the grass. I'm like, you're such a show off. He goes, why? Because I rode over in the dirt. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. That's like a whole different commitment there. I'm on the, <laughs> on the roadway and I'm staying there, but he right. did fall off. He fell off and it, it, I was so grateful that it wasn't me because he's six foot two and his whole body just went slowly over like the little fence area. But the reason he fell off is because he was waiting for me to catch up with him. And he had, so it was ultimately my fault. Well, (laughs) listen to your podcast. So I think it's a good, it's a good thing for people. And and especially if you have another, 
like a more realistic vision on, on mental health or self care mm-hmm. with mental health as, as a, a focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we have seen a gigantic need for it since, especially the pandemic. So. Absolutely. <laughs> I like the phrase you used earlier, soul care. Okay. Maybe that's something we'll toy around with because after we had our conversation and Jen was like, yeah, it's a, seems to be a, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Kim was like, it seems to be a really big buzzword. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. It's good. And it's not, the connotation is not positive either. No. Well, like you, people mean like they want you to take care of yourself, but they make things like Zendins in the school that like are going to do the opposite of any type of self-care. Like, I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a buzzword. Like it's what you're supposed to say. Like you're supposed to say get self-care, but they don't really mean get self-care. Self-care until it, self-care until it interferes else. with yeah. what I need you to do as the principal. So mm-hmm. it's kind right. of a, a thought there. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, I have to jump because I have a meeting. So all right. I might try and make my hair a little drier before Jen then. Jen has to go to work. <laughs> so, Sorry. Uh, I hope. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I sound like the kid. Like so great to meet you. Yes, yeah, so it was nice to meet you too. Thank you for having me. You know, like you tell little kids <laughs> to say. Have a great yeah. day, everybody. You too. Talk, talk to you later. We want to thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us chat about healthy family living. We would love to hear your thoughts or any ideas you have for future episodes. So feel free to message us at the teacher mama's podcast at gmail.com or the teacher mama's podcast on Instagram. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave a quick rating or review on whatever platform you're listening from. If something really stood out to you today, Don't forget to share it with someone else in your life that might need to hear it too. Spread the word. Please don't forget to share with your online community and tag us. For more positivity and inspiration on how we navigate life and the things we do on a daily basis to stay sane in the crazy, don't forget to go follow each of us on Instagram. Check the show notes for our handles.